before we start today's show, I beg you, please head over to TheRinger.com where all week we'll be celebrating good, bad movies. From Con Air to Roadhouse to White Chicks, it's the films that are so terrible, they're endlessly amusing, and dare we say it, actually good. Please join us as we give the over-the-top action movies, low-budget romance thrillers, and peak 80s cheese fast the spotlights they deserve. Check it out, Good Bad Movies Week on TheRinger.com. All right, and now it is time for Bachelor Party. Welcome to Bachelorette Party. I'm Juliette Littman. Today, I have my personal moral compass on the line, Mr. Wesley Morris. Hello. Hey, Juliet. Um, Wesley, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. It just feels like perfectly timed. We decided you would do this two weeks ago, and um, there's a lot to cover. There's big news in the Bachelor world today, which is that Bachelor in Paradise filming will resume, and the show is not canceled. We're going to come back to that, but first... I want to talk about last night's episode. It's Tuesday afternoon. Mm. Last mm. night, mm. Um, we had an episode where uh, Rachel picked up where the drama left off previously, and Lee is causing a lot of problems. There was a spelling bee date. There was a blimp. There's just a, It was a very action-packed, fraught episode last night. And I want to start by talking about Rachel's... Um, kind of a breakdown talking to the camera where she explains she's under so much pressure um first of all wesley this is your first time watching the show right your first season ever my first season where i'm watching the whole thing okay. you know i've checked in and out of episodes but i've never watched an entire run of an of a, of a, of a season the way i'm doing it this year do you find it to be onerous and tedious or like do you enjoy watching it Listen, I have a lot of questions for you, Juliet. Okay. <laughs> now, previously, the out the the person I'd been asking all these questions, I mean, it always should have been you, but because I had a long conversation with John Caramonica mm. one time about The Bachelor and and friend of the podcast. I don't know why. I just yeah. Well, not only in the podcast, just in life. Uh, I just I've I just was texting him things, but now I mean, I'm just going to send them all to you. Okay. Because. I don't understand the amount of drinking being done mm. on the show. Is this normal? Interesting. Um, you know, that is really um, very relevant. I actually just wrote a piece for The Ringer today about how much drinking has played a part in the store, everything we know about Corinne. And I would say that drinking is always a part of this show. It's just um, the, the level of obviousness ranges. Like, But, for example... I think the last two bachelors, Ben and Nick, like they always had whiskey in their in their hands. Whiskey's become like the bachelor drink, although, although I think whiskey's like just like in right now with a certain type of man anyway. Um, so in a lot of dating profiles, I can tell you. Oh that. my god, cosign that one. It's like, why do I need to know you love whiskey? I know. I also should I start telling people I don't love whiskey? I don't ever want to drink whiskey. Like, is do we does that go both ways? I don't know. <laughs> Um, and as far as the wine goes, women have always drunk, drank a lot of wine on the show. I wrote about this today 
last season with Nick, Corinne was very often holding a glass of wine, and I always, I always mm. thought, I always thought she, they showed her napping a lot or like falling asleep when everyone else was awake, and I just assumed the whole time, I was like, yeah, she's drunk, <laughs> yeah, I get it, I'm sleep, I get sleepy when I drink as well. <laughs> um, so I, I actually think as far as the show goes, the men this season aren't drinking that much, and I don't, I'm, I'm never like. I can't think of a time in the four episodes where I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if Rachel's drunk. Although champagne was very central to this week's episode. Um, yes. And I think that I just it makes me uncomfortable to think that the only way these men can be with these with this particular woman is to be drunk. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that alcohol kind of makes the facilitates the whole bachelor experience, the whole bachelorette experience. Yeah. I mean, um, there's kind of two two prongs there. And one is like I mm-hmm. I um I am not a casual drinker, but I do like to drink when I go out. And like it's just sort of like part of part of socializing for so many people is just drinking. So in some ways, like it's very realistic. But on the other hand, it definitely seems like a lubricant in many cases. And I think Rachel and Dean on their one on one even like referenced how they were both were kind of feeling tense, but having a glass of champagne took the edge off. And if mm-hmm. I've definitely had first dates where I was like really nervous and had too much champagne or too much of my signature drink, the Juliet Baca Soda Splash of Pineapple. The Juliet, baby. <laughs> and I like, I get that. I think it's just, a, it's a little weirder to see it when it's the middle of the day and you're like, have you guys eaten? Like what's like, are, are, do you have access to food? Like it's kind of like a little bit, um, it just seems a little bit more risky because you don't know like what else what else they're doing or like if it's like you know are they having enough water are they having enough bread all these all the different things you need to think about and you learn about as a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested. Like, <laughs> what like what was there a moment where you're like, oh, they're too drunk? I think all the moments. To be honest, <laughs> I think the only moment where I could relax in terms of how uncomfortable I was about the amount of drinking done in this particular episode. I think the the second episode was also a little concerning for me. And I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying this in a way that I, I don't want this to come off as me being a teetotaler, teetotaler or anything. But I'm also more interested in. I, I'm a, I grew up in a house. Well, I didn't grow up in a house where people were drunk, but I mean, my father was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and and I there's just something. And my aunts were. I, there's something about functioning drunks that is is either traumatic for me or just legitimately strange to watch. Right. And I don't know who Rachel is supposed to think some of these guys are, based on the amount. Of time she has to spend with them when they're drunk, basically, right. or have been drinking. Right. Yeah. It's like um, it's true. I actually never really thought about that, but like a good strategy would be not drinking that much if you like really feel like there's a connection there because their their time together is so limited that you need, you need to make the most of it. And um, if you think about it, like in real world terms, you kind of have to like have mm-hmm. a couple a couple of dates that are like you're sauced up and then you kind of are like okay let's not do that like let's just be sober like let's just hang out and do something normal and regular but it's so condensed that you need to um kind of like move from that that like f- like fun happy go lucky vibe to more serious more quickly and i actually think that's why she enjoyed her date with dean so much was because it did start off- i love the date with dean interesting so dean is a i think is a real lightning rod he's not nearly as problematic as lee who will come back to um but I think she really liked her date with Dean because it started out fun and sauced up, like with the champagne, and she spilled it, and she looked so cute on that date. I love, I love how she dresses. She's great, great style. Um, 
And then, mm-hmm. it, and then it got really serious and like she really got to know him and it seemed like she, I think she loved the serious aspect of it. It sort of was like she was sick of partying and like sick of pretending to know these dudes and like actually was happy to have a serious conversation. Why did you love that date so much? Well, first of all, I have to offer a, a caveat about the date. Okay. When I'm thinking about sexy romance time with my boo or potential boo... <laughs> My mode of transportation's probably not gonna be a <laughs> blimp, um, especially the Goodyear blimp. Did you know that blimps just landed on like one leg? I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, "Is this a unicycle?" I, I was really confused. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> so she says at some point, Rachel, about the blimp. She says it's literally like riding a bus. Yeah, I'm like, uh, Rachel. It's not even close to literally like riding on a bus. <laughs> Buses are sturdy. It's like riding on a blimp. <laughs> it's, it's. I don't know. She um, is from Texas, lives in Dallas, and as far as I know, they don't have great public transportation there, so I'm not going to hold it against her. Well, yeah, I get, exactly. What does she even know about riding on a bus? So I think to answer your question, what I loved about the Dean date was that I think – the way in which he made himself vulnerable was so ch- like tw- two times. I think he became a child on that date. Mm. Once in this fear of heights during the blimp mm. or during the blimp ride, like and then during the 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 nighttime portion of their date, where he could, where he talks about his his dead mother. Right, right, yeah. And in the second part, she seemed really like genuine and and sweet. Um, but she also kind of seemed like his camp counselor. Like, she just seemed, like, too mature for him. Like, the way that he yes. was describing it was very um, very sensitive and very sweet and, like, obviously really felt for him. But it didn't seem like she was, like, empathizing so much as sympathizing, which I think is an important difference. Um, um, it's a very crucial distinction. And I also think that she seems to me like somebody who's had a lot of therapy, and he seems like somebody who's had none. It's so true. So and- true. And I think that, like, this, whatever he did in front of her was something he had clearly never done before. Right. Even if it was, even if it might have been rehearsed, it definitely hadn't been processed emotionally. It's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love when you can tell in these shows who's been in therapy and who hasn't. And you're so, Uh you're so right about Rachel. The way they're able to talk about themselves is usually how you can tell. Because it's, like, either, um, you know, really uh, deliberate or just like so in touch with very specific emotions they've obviously examined. And that's a great point. She obviously has thought through um, like the ramifications of being the bachelor, being the first black bachelorette. And let's um, roll this clip of her talking about how much pressure she was under. The pressures that I feel about being a black woman and what that is and how. I, I don't want to talk about it. I get pressured from so many different ways being in this position. And I don't, I did not want to get into all of this tonight. And I I already know what people are going to say about me and judge me for the decisions that I'm making. I'm going to be the one who has to deal with that and nobody else. And that's a lot. So as you just heard, she is very... um, 
she's very specific about feeling pressure because she's the first black bachelorette. But I was really interested in the fact that she almost like cut herself off and didn't really want to talk about that. Mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. she redirected yep. her, she redirected herself to kind of speak in the language that's more native to this show. And I thought that was I, I totally understand it. It seemed like a real like self protection um move. But I, I thought it was disappointing. It was like there's I was like, finally there's we're talking about the biggest, most interesting part of this season. Um and she she moved away from it very, very quickly. So I've got another I I I don't know if this is normal for this sure. show question. For yes. You. So during this conversation, she I mean, dur I mean, I am calling it a conversation, but during this confession this breakdown this this on camera i don't know it's the, so, introspection sure so those kind of um interviews are called itms in the moments um oh. it's that's at least what's called <laughs> <laughs> that's at least what it's called for the contestants when you're the lead it might have a different name but they're supposed to they're, they're they make you do them like night of so you're really tired you're like sleep deprived and in her case or in everyone's case maybe having had some drinks um I just imagine myself at like 2 a.m. at the end of a long night, like having to like talk about how I'm feeling. And I would be a lot like Rachel, I think. Less eloquent for sure. Um, And yeah, so that, you know, those kind of moments of narration are essential to the show. Like, right. So those seem normal to me. Mm -hmm. I get those. What seemed abnormal were the cutaways to the producer saying, not asking a question. Just like when Rachel is like, you don't know what this is like. There's, there's a, there. They include footage of the producer saying, "I don't know." Yeah, she's I like, "Don't know." Right, right. She was like, "Yeah, I don't." I so, don't. Uh, I, I was very baffled by this, by this breakdown, right? Because you now you're very smart, Juliet, to point this out because it not, it had not occurred to me that, I mean, I, I hadn't processed what was going on in terms of the way she stopped herself because the what she says is being a black woman period and and what that is dot 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 i get pressure from so many different ways of being in this position and i don't want to get into all of this tonight and she does not yeah exactly and then she moves on and she's and, just like i know people are going to judge me and you have no idea and um, people always judge the bachelorette but it's definitely true that it's so much more loaded for her i mean also who she ends up with will become it will like will become some kind of like racial referendum because like if she picks a white guy it means one mm-hmm. thing she makes picks a black guy it means something else and it's just so it's so much more complicated and the show literally doesn't have a way of discussing it like there's there's no precedent for this and there's no like yep. there's no um, metaphor or platitude to lean on in this case and I think that's why she she didn't want to talk about it because it's like. It would literally be like forging new ground and too complicated. So I'm what I'm struck by in terms of how you're seeing this, Juliet, is that you feel like she was gonna say something really powerful and true mm-hmm. about about her being a black woman under all this pressure to 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 keep the white guys on to keep the black guys on the show. Um, I've got a thought about that that I that we'll get to in about. Well, we'll get to later. Okay. But, Although I just want to say I, so I she's, don't, I don't know if that's what she was going to say. I don't know if she was going to go. I, I actually thought she was going to talk more about, like, how she is societally being a black woman. I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't get that far, and and what she was going to say, but I just assumed it was going to be more about like the the newness of of a black black person being a lead on one of these shows, Bachelor or Bachelorette. Okay. That's what I was. That's okay, what so I was I, assuming. I think there's some deeper shit going on there, mm-hmm. and I think she was. 
fighting herself to get into it. But what I'm struck by is your understanding that she halts that that real talk to then speak in the vernacular of the show. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and how she's got to keep these two. She has to keep these two modes of existence separate. Yes. This is just crazy to me, by the way. This is another thing that, like, when she's saying you don't understand, I think that is a thing that people watching the show don't understand, which right. is, like, she has to be, like, a generic Bachelorette contestant, or, 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 or yeah, I can, I mean, what do we call her? We just have to be a generic Bachelorette. Bachelorette, yeah. And, and then she's got to be a black Bachelorette. Or not be a black bachelorette, right? Or whatever whatever that would mean. Yeah. And whatever that would mean for, for her. And it clearly does mean something because you kind of feel her fighting it the whole time. Absolutely. And there's a third dynamic, which is she's just a black woman in America in an, in an integrated setting where her race is clearly apparent to all participants and all facets of this production. Right. Right. And then to compound all of that, you have this asshole Lee who I would smack in mm. the face if I if I wasn't um, against violence like that. And <laughs> he's horrible. He is. I, you know, I don't know him, but all the evidence I have about him makes him seem like a racist. He uh, so he's a racist on Twitter, correct? He's a racist on Twitter. He's also a sexist on Twitter. He was like he's like, I've never mm-hmm. seen a never seen a hot feminist or something like that. Um, he's anti-Black Lives Matter, compared it to the KKK, and um, he is just antagonizing Kenny and before him, um, Eric, for like really no apparent reason, like at all. And the show really dances around it. They have Dean who say like he's not comfortable around people and not like him, or he's not used to being around. Uh, but it's pretty obvious. Like it's just like no one is saying this is racially motivated, but given the fact that um, you see Rachel talking about the pressure she's under as a black woman being the bachelorette and you see um, Lee just being so duplicitous, it's like, what do you, what are you supposed to call it other than racially motivated? Like to, to not acknowledge it is almost like wrong. And so that, well, here's the, th- Oh, sorry. Go on. I would say like, it just, that complicates everything that Rachel's going through. I just feel like the show this is what is so infuriating about this show, <laughs> like this season of this show, is uh-huh. what I should say. I feel like the producers are simultaneously messing with us and 100% incapable of understanding what they have on their hands. Here. Yeah, I agree they, with that. I mean, and I don't mean, I don't mean that narratively. They clearly know what they've got in Lee, which is a guy they can now build, what, three episodes out of? Yeah. Like, by keeping him around, by forcing her to keep this guy around. And I think part of her breakdown, to be honest with you, has everything to do with whatever she know, whatever else she knows about Lee and being forced to keep him on a show that, and she knows that like black people or who people in general are just going to be crazy when she sends home Diggy I know. and keeps Lee. I know. Are you kidding me? I liked, I like Diggy. Not- I like Diggy. Diggy is a handsome man. Yeah, great glasses. Having nothing- he might have been a little boring. Yeah, but having not. But if you you go boring or racist, I mean, boring with great glasses or <laughs> racist. I mean, I think you pick boring. <laughs> not this show. No, not this show. Not this show. The, the, but they also don't understand. 
But see, we don't know, Juliet, as viewers, that Lee is a racist, right? No, we don't. We don't really know. No. We don't know watching the show that he's a racist. He's just an asshole who right. picks on black people. Right. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, he decided to play a, a character of antagonist of black men. Like, even that is, even if he's not racist and that's just like what he, how he decided to act or he decided to like just behave in a racist fashion, it's just like, why, dude? Who wants to keep you around? <laughs> also... Why is he on this show? Uh, Lee? Because I feel he, like... Because yeah. he um, wants to be famous. He's a singer-songwriter from Nashville who's, uh, I assume his career is not taking off. So this seemed like a fast way to do it. Plus, for every contestant who goes on, there's like at least a few thousand dollars to be made in club appearances and like Instagram promotions. But boy, is he mad that he missed the Russell Dickerson performance. <laughs> Oh, my God. One of my biggest pet peeves about this show is the longstanding private concert. And then this one wasn't even private because there were other people around. But, like, I don't ever want to be singled out at a, at a concert. I'm not a good enough dancer for that. I'm not cool enough. I wouldn't know how to act. It does not. No, thank you. Like, I would love to have a private box where maybe I could, like, sway, on, you know, on my own time. But I don't ever want to be singled out like that. <laughs> It's so like I, I just just to continue this Lee thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really torn about what they think they're trying to do because now they've set it up so that Lee and Kenny yeah. are antagonists, right? I know like Eric for whatever reason it didn't work out for the producers. The tension between him and Eric didn't work out, right? And yeah. Kenny, who is simultaneously super duper sweet and kind of naive, if not just flat out dumb, yeah, is is upset because he thought that he and Lee had a had a had a friendship. I don't know where he got this idea by the way. I mean, probably because Lee was nice to him like for the first like 2 weeks or whatever. And when you're in that environment, 2 weeks is like the equivalent of like real time 4 months. Like that's really long. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you feel mm-hmm. like you build a bond and then he he betrays you in some way. And um the thing that I'm like already dreading is that it, whether it's just creative editing, it makes it seem like Kenny gets into a physical fight next week where he ends up bleeding and like maybe that's part of a challenge and it's not with Lee. But there's just sort of like this implication that their verbal sparring escalates even further. And the the thing that's so frustrating is like not only having Rachel keep this guy around who she clearly doesn't even have any chemistry with, like just let him go, whatever, that then it um, is being parlayed into like a like a like a real like physical um, oppositional relationship. Obviously, it was oppositional already. But it's just like how much? How much can this become a cliche? Like just how much? And that's that's what's like well, hard, hard to take in. It's easier to digest the cliches about women just wanting to settle down with men. I guess that's like as a as a woman, I'm just like more I'm more um, inoculated to that. I guess so. Like I can like just digest the show very easily. But it's like it's less fun to watch like um, what could have been a groundbreaking season play out along the lines of like very predictable and like hollow storylines i i would ask i don't understand why when kenny went to she has this one-on-one conversation with rachel toward the end of that episode and she's trying to explain to him what the deal is with lee why does she not believe him like what is what what evidence has Lee shown her that Kenny's version of events is is less than truthful? Um, he doesn't. I don't know. For some, we're obviously not getting the whole story because, like, for some reason, there's something missing, yeah, right? Yeah, because for like, there's no reason to trust Lee. Like, uh, that's what's so frustrating. As as viewers, we know that he's like duplicitous and a piece of shit, and she's not being shown that 
side. Usually um, when there's a villain like this, which is interesting, this is your your first time. Usually when there's a villain like this, um, the the woman or man, whoever it is, tends to really be more women, to be honest, get kind of like an, an edit where you can tell um, that she is probably better than the other women in the house seem. But Lee is the opposite. Like he he's being shown to Rachel as better than he actually is. Like it, it I didn't explain that very well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but basically mm-hmm. it's kind of like an inversion where you you want to root against the villain, obviously, because they're the villain. But with Lee, it's just like a whole different level. It's not like he's trying to get extra time with Rachel. He's like actually not. He's kind of being rude about you know, shine blocking other people, but he does. He's not that interested in her. He's just interested in causing trouble. And usually, the the, right. the villainy comes from the a man or a woman being too focused on on getting with the main person or not focused enough, like with Demario. So it's like one of those two. And he's just trying to cause chaos, which is like, uh, you know, Bachelor Anarchy is like is also is also new for us. Not only are we dealing with race, but we're also having to deal with anarchy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. Bizarre. I don't. I I, I feel like. It's unfortunate that these things are... Ha- Wait, sorry. Can we back up for one second? I actually have to ask you another question related to the the sort of groundbreaking aspect of this of this season. Sure. Do you find? Do you think it's like ridiculous to even credit the Bachelor with breaking ground? Like, can the Bachelor or Bachelorette <laughs> break ground? I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I should take. I should find a better word because I mean, how many seasons has it been? And we we're just we're just getting around to this. I know. And now because it took them so long to do it, it is a damn television event. Right. And also, I mean, I I feel like I've spent a lot of time this season um, making fun of the show, which is silly because it's like you know my bread and butter. But it's also just like. <laughs> I'm just like this is the bachelor but like let's let's like lighten up a little bit but on the other hand I'm like well this is a big deal having a black bachelorette and bringing Lee in makes it just so much more complicated it's hard to have fun when there's so many different elements at play I mean there's there's a couple wait but I want to ask my other question okay. though my question is why couldn't they find higher men for her I don't know that's a great question I um usually like have a crush of or like fall for one of the contestants. Like there's always like I always have a favorite every season. Very famously love Ben from uh Caitlin's season. And like I usually even have a woman we who I'm like, know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> usually even have a woman who I'm rooting for. Like I really liked Vanessa and I liked JoJo. There's like just really no one mm-hmm. but Rachel to be invested in here. I actually I was kind of mad. I thought they did a good job getting me interested in Dean last night. But the guys really suck. Like there's just not there's not They're a winner. They're awful. They're not a winner. There's no one that's really worthy of Rachel here. I just feel like they're just, I, I don't even know how much I like Rachel. I just feel for her more than I think I like her. I don't know why anybody would put themselves through this experience, no matter what your race is. Um, I think anybody who goes in this show is crazy because I, I, the stress would just drive me nuts. Yeah, the unhealthy, I also like... I've been living in California too long because I'm like, God, that looks so unhealthy, that lifestyle. I don't want it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But come on. Having 30 guys fawn over you, that seems fun for a week. You probably don't think it through and you're like, oh. See, I would have a hard time being a contestant. I don't want to fight 29 other women for a guy. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe that's more what it is. But I feel like the the quality of men they've chosen just sort of insults her. Very poor. And also kind of... um, 
it also forces her to have to tolerate their low quality totally. without being able to comment on how low the quality is. I know. It makes Dean seem like a fucking saint for whatever reason because the other yes. guys are such bozos. Precisely. Dean's not that special. He's not. I'm telling um, you. Another philosophical question, then we can move. Uh, we can. I'll do whatever you want to do. I just want to get all <laughs> my all my sort of general questions out of the way. I'm having a great time. Thank you for being on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so... Another thing about this show that is really fascinating to me from a sociological standpoint is as a as a single person, you and I are both single. Yes. We sometimes go on dates. Um, yes, you, we sometimes you do. know how I basically am. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, and I know how you basically are. I find it extremely fascinating to watch. I mean, and and... And I'm this is going to sound like a contradiction based on what I just said, but these men are these men are generally pretty attractive. Yeah, they're, they're just not as good as I think Rachel is. I think the only one and, who I would say is genuinely hot is Peter, but his stock really fell this week by how dumb he is and how bad he was at rapping. He couldn't spell. No, he couldn't spell. And if you can't spell, it means you don't read. And if you don't read, I've got no time for you. <laughs> can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. There's no but, interest. But Julia, a lot of those guys can't spell. I know. They also might not be able to read. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, and thank God Dean avoided that challenge because I, I want to, like, if I like Dean, I don't want to know that he can't spell either. Okay. So you, um, that, that means that the producers so, probably want Dean to go far or she wants him to go far because they didn't subject him to that. Like, that's like a gift right, to not have right. to be in the spelling challenge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So I I just feel like these guys, oh wait, my point was just that I, I like the idea of an of a of of an environment in which attractive men's attractiveness is neutralized or obviated by how how they behave over the course of how however long you get to monitor them, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, people that I'm inclined to be attracted to on this show include. Uh, such names as Iggy, hmm. um, who we found out was on steroids. Maybe he was added as being a steroid Perhaps. user. Yeah. this week, <laughs> Un- unsurprising. Um, and who else? I like. Uh, is that is it? Will? Yes, I like Will as well. Handsome guy. I'm very I fond like, of Will. I also like Anthony. He went on the rodeo date with her, where they rode horses, basically. Yeah, he seems fine. He's attractive. He's kind of, he seems boring. He went to Northwestern. Yeah, he does seem boring, but I like him because he played football at Northwestern. I'm in. What else could I ask for? Um, Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like Peter, except not anymore. I feel like she's going to, I feel like Peter's going to go really far, though. Yeah. Because he's very sexy. He'll be the bachelor. Yeah, I think he's, he's very sexy, and I think he knows how to talk to her. Yeah. He's the only guy who knows how to talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, he he seems like bachelor material to me. Not enough there to 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 win, but um, he's handsome. He seems like he's down for whatever. He just sort of is like, yeah, I'll do that, which is what you need from the bachelor. Someone who's just like very amenable. What is the word he misused this week? Um, I don't know. He misused the word toward the end um, to talk to describe Lee's behavior. Oh, he said disingenuine. That was what it was. Disingenuous. Thank you. <laughs> it's disingenuous, yeah. and he just doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know what anything means. He probably like hasn't read a book since he was in seventh grade. I'm so mean. I just. I just. Yeah. You, know, you don't read. I just don't care. No, for but you. these things, Juliet. Juliet. This is. We're not. We're not. This is not our show. <laughs> but I feel like these would be things that would be kind of disqualifying a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. 
I mean, just I, a little bit. I would love. I would love to subject like all of the men I've. I've like you know fallen for to to a spelling bee. I would just love to see who would win. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be? Because some of the words really weren't that hard. They oh weren't that hard. Yeah, he was spelling stunning at a late round. What? The, what is that? Stunning is as phonetic <laughs> as it comes. Facade. I know, facade, coitus. Facade's a little hard. Coitus also phonetic. I mean, there's no excuse for wait, you to wait, 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 wait. Juliet. What? Facade is hard. I mean, it has that French C with the circumflex. <laughs> okay, but Juliet, I'm going to repeat for you how facade was spelled on this show. <laughs> it was so P- dumb. H Y S D E. It, re- I, it reminded I, listen, me of the spelling had... of the band The Far Side, and I was like, are you just really into rap music or something? <laughs> it was really weird. I just don't know how you get from, from facade to, oh, but it is like, well, now that I'm looking at it typed out, Juliet, it does look like facade. <laughs> I mean, sure, but like, it's, when you hear It's like fa- there's, a, there's a band in this guy's town, and, and it's called facade, and that's how they spell it, and bad... Bad on the band for tricking him, but yeah, there might be a band somewhere in LA called Facade, and they spell it P H Y S D E. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, but when you hear the sound fa, unless you're like having the soup, <laughs> it's with an F. Like it's very infrequently is that it's with a PH. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a word that starts with PH. That's like a middle of the word construction. So I'm sorry. Maybe he had a, maybe he had a sister named Stephanie. I don't know. It was just it was so inexplicable. Um, Wesley, I have a few final questions for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you plan to watch the show after Rachel's season? Well, I think. Oh, so let me ask you this. I have a question for you. I know I'm not supposed to answer a question with a question, but in order for me to answer my question, I have to ask you a question. Also, you've literally done um, that for every question I've asked this podcast, so it's totally fine. <laughs> So if the hook of this show, the reason it's so popular is because it is like a rolling snowball or like an avalanche or Mm -hmm. something, like you start watching one season and they choose a bachelor from the pool of remaining men to be to, to, to be the bachelor on the following bachelorette season. Correct. Or the season following the bachelorette. You kind of get hooked if you like the guy a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what they're hoping for. They got to pick someone with a high Q score so they they keep you coming back. Right. So I think if they pick, like, you know, if Peter winds up being, although I can't imagine they're going to pick Peter, but who knows? I mean, if Dean, I think Dean is going to be your next bachelor. I'd watch a Dean bachelor. I guess I would, too. Don't you have a problem with him saying to her at the very beginning, I want to go black and never go back? Like, that's just, like, awful. (gasps) That was Dean? Yes. (laughs) Oh yes. no! I forgot about that. Sorry, I, spo- I didn't even. I spoiled at some him. point early in. Oh man, Juliet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay. but it's All an important right. data point. <sighs> What's your next question? Um, my next question is: Would you consider watching Paradise? No, because of- I mean, I think it's probably the more fun show. Um, but I can't. There's something. I don't like sloppiness. Mm-hmm. I don't like human sloppiness. Yeah. And from what I've seen of that show, it's highly predicated upon people being really, really not cool. Like, just messed up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, it's just, now it's just so complicated. And actually, I'm going to um, talk with Amy Kaufman from the LA Times next about it. Because, like, I just don't know 
why they're bringing it back. I, I have that's actually, smart. That's not true. I have some ideas about why they're bringing it back, but um, well, I'll discuss with her. But it's so tainted now, um, and like there's enough to like work through with this Bachelorette season, which I, I'm very harsh on. But like I, you know, I'm still watching it and enjoying it. Like obviously, I'm I'm, I'm still in. I'm still here talking to you about it. Um, but Paradise is just so much more complicated now. So yeah, I don't know. It's a whole mess. Um, Wesley, hey, thank- can I ask you another question? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. I, don't, I hate to do this to you, but you make a really good point. I just wanted to, we were talking about race earlier, and you make a really good point in your piece about, like, the things on this show that this show can't deal with. And I, you reminded me in, in your excellent story about, you. about Rachel and Fred. Mm. And, and the, 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 the camp story. Yes. Um, and I just feel like there's so much going on way beneath the surface of this show that, in so many ways, this country, it's like so much of like the stuff we can't actually deal with when it comes to to having a black person in your life and what it means, what race means in this country. And I don't, I by no means think this show has any obligation to engage with any of that stuff, but to exploit it in the way that it is, is sort of reprehensible to me. I think that is, I'm going to keep watching it, but... <laughs> Because I want to see where it goes, but I feel like this show is running uh, like on a tandem track to the way the Unreal sort of lost its mind last season. Yeah, I mean, this is um, everything that came out about Paradise felt very Unreal. Felt like it could have been the next season, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly, I think there might have been a little bit less outrage because of Unreal because it didn't. It just wasn't that surprising. Um, but you're you're right. Like there like there's so much bubbling between the surface and and like it's almost like Rachel's not getting enough credit for playing the part of the Bachelorette because we do see some occasional moments where she kind of slips into who she really is, who's like grappling with what it means to be in her position. And I think the moment with Fred where she, where she says like I remember you because there weren't that many black kids at that camp, um, is is like one of the most uh, most honest moments that we've had from her and from yep. this this season. And I, I wish that I wish there was more of it. I think one of the reasons like the least stuff is so frustrating is because he's so over the top that that it it um, makes a honest conversation impossible because you have to like deal with him. And like I'm like, well, we have to deal with him. We have to talk about what a dick he is instead of talking about how Rachel's navigating this and like maybe talking about something that's a little bit more nuanced. But it's just sort of like, did mm-hmm. you really have to just play this like this like Confederate? game i don't know it's just it's just like Mm -hmm. i'm just like irritated by it going to hilton head and hilton head island and sitting under that big ass tree like that you know what happened in that tree juliet yes Um, you know the history of that tree yeah it just seemed it just why are you fucking with us like this i know let's just keep it in safe spaces let's keep it in la let's keep it in the north let's keep it in cities right but that's not the bachelor they go to uh this they do that they do do this which they go from la to like a more relaxing bikini friendly location next and then they'll go like to Europe or something. So that's what we have ahead but of I us. I just don't feel like they it's like they know what they're doing and don't know what they're doing at the same time. And that is just it's it's maddening. Yeah. I think they're figuring it out as they go along and there's not really like experience for this one. Um Wesley Anyway, I know you have to go. Yeah, but gonna... I predict riots if she picks a white guy, by the way. Um I'm concerned that's gonna happen, so there's that. I mean, she loves Dean. Dean, I re- Dean I, Dean's the front runner to me right now. Yeah, me too. I think, but I really, we did not, nobody rioted after Philando Castile's uh, cop got m- let off. murderer yeah. gets acquitted. But I, I, I the, the, the super duper depressing to think about, but I think there'll be some real, like, 
some real outrage if if this show goes the direction it, it looks like it's going. Well, will you come back on at the finale so we can talk about it and do a postmortem? Sure. I love this show, by the way. It's been a pleasure to listen to. Oh, thank it's you. It's a pleasure to be on it. Thank you so much. You're you're my number one. Um, this has been Wesley Morris. You can catch him on the New York Times podcast, Still Processing. Winner of a Webby Award. You can read him on uh, NewYorkTimes.com and in the pages of the hallowed gray lady if you subscribe in print. And Wesley, I will call you this week to catch up more. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. There's more Bachelorette talk coming, but first, let me tell you about today's sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible has the best audiobook performances, an unmatched selection, and the most exclusive content. That includes a book from my podcast brethren, Larry Wilmore. So if you're interested in Black on the Air already, how about checking out his book, I'd Rather We Got Casinos. I'm sure you'll enjoy that listen, and it'll pair excellently with the rest of what you're doing in the car, the subway, wherever, when you're usually listening to the Ringer Podcast Network. So come on, check out Larry's book. Audible's waiting for you. Just go to audible.com slash bachelor, and your first audiobook will be free. And of course, we wouldn't be Bachelor Party without our other sponsor, Hotel Tonight. If you're like me and you're not so great at planning ahead, I've got good news for you. There's this awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It sounds counterintuitive, but unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. I personally am monitoring the hotel rates by the ocean here in Southern California because I want to go on a staycation this weekend. Hotel Tonight helps because they sell unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals along to you or me if I'm lucky. These aren't last resort places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you want to stay in. And with so many awesome partner hotels in a ton of different countries, Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip you've been wanting to take for a while. Like I said, I'm planning to go to the, the beach this weekend, so I better find a good place. But I'm confident I will, because Hotel Tonight rules. Even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up to a week in advance. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. So come on, get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Now it is time for more Bachelor. And now on the line, I have Amy Kaufman, staff writer at the LA Times, who's also working on a, a book about The Bachelor. And she also is one of the first people to break the news of filming being suspended back on June 11th. Hello, Amy. Hello, Juliet. June 11th. Doesn't it seem like so long ago to you already? It does. Although I yeah. actually, so, you know, the news came out today that um, Paradise filming is resuming. Do you know when it's coming, when they're going to start again? Well, it was initially set for August 8th, um, but honestly, that seems unlikely to me that they would be able to meet that premiere date because, what are we, almost in July at this point? Yeah. That would be a very rapid production schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how they're going to make that happen. Um, And so, yeah, the the, uh, Warner Brothers did their own investigation um, and decided that there was not the the alleged sexual misconduct – was not what was claimed, and so they have uh, ordered production to return to resume, and the show is not canceled um, this season, and not at all. And now I'm wondering, Amy, how does this affect how you view first Paradise and second the entire Bachelor world? Well, you know, it's interesting. Going into even last night's episode of The Bachelorette, I was completely prepared to see the episode through the lens of all the news that's been happening over the last um, couple of weeks and thinking like I would not be able to separate um, the allegations and the news cycle from my viewing experience. But surprisingly, I was like I got into the episode and all of my friends I was watching with um, had the same experience. So 
I don't know if like we're just living in this world where you know the news cycle is so rapid and people have a short memory that maybe it won't be um, as as big of a deal when you're watching as as I thought. But when it comes to Bachelor in Paradise itself, um, I think we're in for a super interesting season because obviously I would expect them in some way to address everything that's right. happened. Who knows? Right, and who knows if. Um, the two parties who were involved in the alleged misconduct will show up. Right. Um, and, you know, like just seems like it's, it's ripe for a lot of questions. And um, they said in Warner Brothers said in their statement that they're going to be, you know, making some changes to show policies, though they wouldn't elaborate on that. So I assume that it's something to do with, you know, alcohol or um, monitoring the alcohol. Like, what do you think that the kind of changes they would make would entail? I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, uh, I think that the way that the bartender became kind of like the teen angel of this show um, has to change probably. It just like makes that a little bit less central. But I will say um, it's not like everyone drinks. It's just like or that everyone's wasted. It's just like you can be all the time if you want to be. They make it they, – they, they don't force you to drink. They don't like – it's not like a rule. But if you want to be drinking, they make it very easy for you. It's like – you know, for for me, it'd be like if you want to have a cookie, you can have one every hour for the foreseeable future, and I wouldn't be able to say no. Um, so I- right, but I would sort of liken it to like, you know, as we've heard numerous times from contestants, they don't force you to drink. They're not like pouring alcohol down your throat, but you're in a situation, um, especially in paradise where it's in Mexico, where yeah. it's like. Part of the whole allure of doing it is that it's this just laid back party environment that they sort of see as like a paid vacation. Right. It's and like spring break. Nervous about being on TV. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a um, environment that is definitely um, enhanced by having alcohol around. So it's it's a big part of it. Although even though even though they don't like pour it down your throat. So yeah, I think the first place you'd expect there to be changes would be the way that they incorporate it. And um, I also just wonder uh, if the kind of format will change at all because it sounds like. They cast it from what I've heard. Paradise is is cast in a way that they know that people will be interested in each other. So, like for example, I don't I don't know if like they knew each other beforehand, but like let's say that the producers had an inkling that like Nick had been interested in um, Jen last summer. They would have cast them both to like make sure that relationship happened. And a big part of um, the claim here was that producers had decided beforehand that they wanted the two people who were um, supposedly involved in the sexual misconduct to like have have some have some kind of fling or whatever. So I wonder if they're going to revise the way they try to craft the storylines and um, how that will change the show. The the funny thing is like this the, the the relationships give the show structure but it's like definitely not what everyone likes about the show like i don't i don't care that jade and tanner like found love do you <laughs> <laughs> i mean now i kind of like following their yeah their life but now on the show i'm like you know like you hooked up in two and a half seconds for some reason well not for some reason i mean bachelor in paradise is i think if you know production had stayed on track it would have only been three weeks um mm-hmm. in entirety so it just seems even more, you know, rapid than the Bachelor Bachelor process. Right. So it's like even more difficult to understand how these people can fall head over heels. Although, if you read that essay that um, Evan of Evan and Carly fame wrote uh, for the Hollywood Reporter earlier this week, I thought he made some interesting points about how you're literally with someone there for like 24 hours all day, every day, and. Right. Um, that probably has an effect we don't. Oh, realize. totally. Did you go to summer camp yeah. by any chance? 
Yes, yeah. When I was at camp, I did as well as a kid. Like the eight weeks felt like six months. Like it was just such a such an in, like you're with people all the time. It's so compressed. You're isolated. It just feels like such a um, more momentous and meaningful experience. And I, I'm sure it's very similar. Plus, you're like an adult who is there looking for for love and for dating or whatever. So I, I understand how that how that could happen. That actually like makes sense to say makes sense to me. But I actually think like the stuff that's more interesting is when they're just hanging out around the house and like seeing them eat and the kind of like really casual stuff. Like I would kind of w- rather watch them basically have spring break than go on the fake dates because the dates are just like distractions from what's happening at the house to me. Right. Yeah. I wonder also um, since this whole incident is called like the alcohol on the show in the question, um, how much we realize or don't realize um, that people are loosened up and that that's. Um, like them saying things as a result of that makes the show more interesting or not. Um, And, you know, yeah, I just keep thinking that that's the number one thing they're going to have to tighten up. Like this last week, I've just been talking to people who work on different reality shows a lot. And it sounds like different shows have different policies. Like some count all the bottles of alcohol, you know, monitor every drink um, people have. Whereas generally, like from my understanding on The Bachelor, at least in the mansion, there's just like a, a drawer with the alcohol that you can, and you can serve yourself. And, you know, sometimes producers drink with cast members. So it's like a much looser environment that right. I can't imagine would, would continue. Yeah. After this. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Like that. I don't know enough and not enough has been reported about the interactions between, between the producers and the contestants, but obviously at the heart of this matter was, um, was that relationship and producers looking out for contestants and you just wonder if it'll become, less familial and more professional and how, how that will change it. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting to see also like on the bachelor at itself. And I was discussing this earlier on the podcast. Um, I was chatting with uh, Wesley Morris, who writes for the New York times and he was, this is his first season watching the show. And he was like, do they always drink this much? And it's funny. Cause I don't think they're, it's, I don't think the alcohol feels omnipresent in Rachel's season at all. But to your point mm. just now, it does contribute to the to like the sound bites that they get, and we don't. It's like it's sort of like an invisible producer almost that we aren't don't necessarily think about all the time, unless it's like with, you know, when when you see people holding glasses of whiskey or glasses of wine. Um, but the relationship, oh, to- absolutely, it's. Yeah. No, I said that the relationship to alcohol will have to change. I think for the entire franchise, like probably just from a liability standpoint. Right. Yeah. I think it's absolutely the way you put it is is interesting. Um, an invisible producer because I mean. Like, you know, just in, in researching for the book, so many people say that, um, and this is completely separate from producers, but that they themselves just drink all day because they're bored, right. you know, especially during the mansion the mansion uh, portion of the show. It's like you don't wake up thinking that you're going to get hammered that day, but, like, you're not doing anything, and you start at 11, and then by 7, you know, who knows what's going on, and you have to do all of your interviews for the night, and, like, you're just saying crazy stuff yeah right yeah 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 I remember I interviewed Ben and Lauren a couple months ago and they were talking about how you basically you don't have to start wake up you don't have to wake up and start drinking but you basically just do because there's nothing else to do and like you aren't allowed to watch tv you can't read so all you do is just hang and you're like yeah I'll have a drink why not I mean you're it's even when you're um you know in week five and you're in Hilton Head or whatever you're just basically hanging out so why not why not have a beverage I mean Right, yeah, and you're not in Hilton Head. You're still locked in a hotel room. Yeah. I think people really, un- like, as viewers, it's hard for us to understand that bubble effect, which is the number one thing 
contestants always try to convey to outsiders, which is like, imagine that you're just sitting in a room with no TV, no internet, no books. Like, your only friends are people you're competing with and producers who are putting things um, or questions into your mind from the interviews. And it's like, your only possible vice is alcohol. I mean, I am sort of... (laughs) You'll see why you might drink for some uh, right. entertainment or something. Yeah. Um, one thing I've been thinking a lot about, and I'm curious your take on, is so much of what makes The Bachelor appealing and Bachelorette, and even even Paradise to a certain extent, is like it it captures like a fantasy that I think a lot of people will never live out. No, nor do they really want mm-hmm. to. But you kind of get to see it play. And with all with a scandal like this, do you think the franchise and its allure can withstand all of the information becoming public? Because it's almost like. I love knowing how the sausage gets made, but to a certain extent, it it takes away from, for some people, I think, for enjoying the show. And do you think that the that the Bachelor is at risk, or any of the shows, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or, or Paradise, are at risk for like you know losing a viewer, lo- losing audience because so much is going to be known? Yeah, that's an interesting question, and I've been thinking a lot about um, it in the difference between you know the bachelor and bachelorette which are really the franchise's bread and butter and um you know the spin-off bachelor in mm-hmm. paradise and this new winter games that are coming up um because the main shows are very much sold on the fantasy aspect i mean you have the early episodes where there's a guy who shows up drunk on the first night and there's like the outlandish you know villains or or whatever characters um but they're they're eradicated by the time you get to the final four and hometowns and it becomes all about serious proposals and rings and, and love. And um, I think that's really what the show banks on, even though I think if you like walked up to someone in the street and said, why do you watch The Bachelor? They'd be like, oh, it's because it's fun to make fun of the outlandish yeah. characters. But I think a lot more of us um, actually connect to the love story at the end than maybe we would care to admit. Totally. Um, and that's why I think Bachelor in Paradise is even more interesting because it does not traffic in like that fantasy stuff. It's just like, okay, we're hooking up. There's alcohol involved. Like we're just going crazy. And if something more meaningful comes out of it, that's awesome. Um, but so, you know, for a show that like pedals and that kind of material, how far can you go? Like how far do you push it? It can be sort of sexy and sort of wild, but if you go too far, then is it no longer cool with ABC? Is it not the Disney brand? Like, where is that line? Um, right. And obviously that's something they're battling with now. I mean, how how tawdry do you think um, viewers want it to get? I think that's a good question. Um, I think one thing that's interesting here is that the question ultimately came down to consent, which is like not a sexy question. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. it, it's not – it's hard to talk about. I find it hard to talk about because you don't ever want to question – someone who says they they've been um, taken advantage of or assaulted or abused. And so it's sort of like just such a, a challenging thing to talk about because these shows are so the bachelor and the bachelorette barely talk about sex except for the fantasy suite. And then paradise is so flip about it that when something really serious happens, it's kind of like how they're handling the race stuff right now. There's just not the vocabulary for it. So it's very it's very challenging, and so I, I think that like it would it would it would be better to lean in for the shows if they're gonna if they're gonna bring it back, which they are. I I think it's better to like lean into the partying and sort of the way that the Real Housewives do it, where they show them being um, completely ridiculous and getting into fights, but it doesn't get sexual. Um, I do think part of the Bachelor's success, and this is not this is not really um, scientific, much more anecdotal based on um, 
people I know, but I think one of the reasons it's like also penetrated in the last couple of years into the consciousness is because men like it. And that's true for, much more for The Bachelor than The Bachelorette. And so I, I when meanwhile, The Housewives and the Bravo programming is much, I, I know many fewer men who watch those shows. And so I think if they kind of like redirected a little bit away from the sex stuff and more towards partying and fighting, I don't know if it'd be quite as popular. Um, hmm. That's just my, that's, that's, that's my own conjecture though. I don't, I don't know. Why do you think men are drawn to it? That's because of the, I mean, because I'm sure you've heard um, men make sort of, or a lot of male fans I have will make like, oh, this is your sports. I yeah. get it. Like, this this is your football. And I'm like, is it? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm like, maybe that's why they like it. I don't know. Uh, I think there is sort of like the game aspect to it now, for sure. All the fantasy leagues. I also think that couples watch the show together. I think that couples can kind of enjoy watching um, other people try to couple up in a way. And so I think there's that. Um, And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think also like when you have a show with one guy and 30 women, that's appealing to some men and it's just like, there's a very specific dynamic. The bachelor is such a juggernaut. Like it's so funny to think that it, that it is in the place that it is now. And like, I, you know, if you look at the Instagram accounts of like all of the recent bachelor and bachelorettes, like the last five years, they have millions of followers. Like they're, they're so famous. That's more than most NFL players. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like a different kind of celebrity now than it used to be. And I think that kind of, uh, if, if this scandal and then what the new protections that Warner brothers says they're going to put in place, if that kind of redirects the show in any way, I I just, it's, interesting for me to think oh what that fallout could be I, we have no way of knowing yet but i'm um i was just really surprised that, that they didn't cancel paradise like just really surprised were you same i was so shocked like i was 99 percent certain that just just from a timeline perspective yeah. they would cancel it um yeah but i mean now that they're bringing back it i do see a lot of I mean, first of all, it's a big gap in a yeah. television schedule. That's a lot of potential advertising money, and it doesn't seem like advertisers are pulling out as a result of, right. of this news. And um, also now they have a chance to address it and maybe have the people involved, like, responding to it. Right. Um, I mean, so, I would, it would be, yeah. like, it's hard to envision what this looks like, but it would be awesome if somehow there's, like, a teachable moment or, like, some kind of, like, frank discussion about um consent like as silly as that sounds for a show like paradise like i don't know like maybe that is possible no it's so funny i have like a group of girlfriends who i email with about the show and that's and then one of them said exactly the same thing like do you think there's gonna be like a campfire discussion about like consent and we were all like yeah that seems like a pipe dream but yeah. well, <laughs> you know um, i don't know yeah. if like chris harrison should be hosting that um I, maybe he's like takes a course and he should I, I don't know but like maybe there is a way to salvage this to make it like a, a broader conversation because like how often is TMZ reporting on questions of consent? Like very, very infrequently. That's not really their land. Totally. So, and it's also, I mean, the fact that this is all surrounding sex is also so interesting to me because one, let's say this whole, um, you know, production had continued as usual. I don't, if, you know, what happened was as explicit as reports have claimed, like, I can't imagine that it necessarily would have even aired, you know, Uh, because that's the whole thing with these shows is like a lot of it is innuendo or like it seems like a hand is going a certain way or they show a little bit of the making out and cut to like nature with some, you know, voiceover moaning sounds and stuff like 
And then when it gets to the fantasy suite, we see a little bit of kissing and they close the door. You know, even though hooking up and getting together is at the heart of it, like you don't actually see a lot of that. Yeah, totally. It's pretty it's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, I do think that just in general, there's kind of like a line that's been crossed. I felt it with next season. Um, and I think in some ways the network and Warner Brothers would acknowledge it that like that it's just it is a more it is like kind of sexier now than it used to be and this is very recent like very very recent uh but i i do think well i agree with you that it's it's, sexier in the way that like there's this weird thing now where um it's like and i think this is really what is at the heart of everything that's been going on and then what we really need to maybe in the same way as a consent discussion is the feeling that you know women and maybe men have that the only way to be loved is is through being sexual, right. um, which is like a, a narrative that we see on the show a lot. Like if I'm the first person to sleep with him or if I sleep with him in a fantasy suite, like that will somehow get me ahead. And right. that's, I think, a confusing. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 Because like they're, cause like the Bachelor and the bachelor, Bachelorette are so linear and they build to the fantasy suite that it like connects sort of like love with sex. And that like is obviously part of it, but not all of it. Um, totally. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good point. It's, it's like, it's just kind of wild to also be having these conversations about this show because in, in some ways it's so frivolous. So, but as it's gotten, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As it also like weightier things happen and they, they cast a black woman for to be bachelorette. Like it's like, you have to talk about it and also more and more people are watching it. So it's more, it's relevant. Um, Was it's your experience watching the bachelorette last night? Um, like, tainted so to speak by by all this i would say i was so much more aghast at the everything having to do with lee and i don't understand how he was unknowingly cast i i don't that i was like can we discuss the lee thing for a second like when i was watching it with my friends we were it felt like they were doing a major editing job like some major discussion had been left out because they kept alluding to I feel like all the guys were alluding to stuff Lee had said and how he'd crossed the line and yeah. da, 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 but like we never saw that. Yeah. Um, we really just and, and saw everyone, him yeah. talk. We didn't, he didn't talk that much or like to the other guys. We saw him talking to Rachel, to the camera and then kind of like getting yelled at by Kenny. And so it was almost like he was getting a villain at it, but we don't know what he did to deserve it. Right. And why do you think there's a reason that they wouldn't show him making sort of racist comments or something? I have no idea. And like, we don't even know what he said. Maybe he didn't say anything racist. Like maybe it was just something completely no, totally. different. It, but it seemed like they were implying that. And it was yeah. like, but we haven't seen him say anything. It was, it was odd. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to next week just because I think he'll probably be gone. And I'm, I'm curious about how this is going to be ultimately resolved. Uh, but I found that so much more shocking and distracting than, than the Paradise scandal. Uh, but also, I might have felt differently had I known that Paradise was not canceled, like that it was coming back. Because I, I've just kind of like, right. I had like just kind of like written it off. What about? I mean, what about you? Well, I guess you kind of no. Mentioned- I, like I told you, yeah, I was surprised, but that I didn't think about it as much as I did. But I mean, frankly, I've never been. Uh, at my okay, here's my experience with Bachelor fans. Like, they're the people who like the first half of the season, and then the people who like the second half of the season right. on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, they like the crazy antics, or they like the real falling in love, the quote unquote real falling in love part. Um, and the people who like the first half of the season are generally, I think like the bachelor in paradise fans because it's right. It's almost like, crazy. Yeah. Like people who love just the upfront nature of people being like, I'm not here to, you know, like get a Neil Lane ring. I'm here to just 
get Instagram followers or like they like the transparentness of that. Right. Um, and to me, like that feels gross and icky. Right. <laughs> um, obviously that appeals to a ton of fans. Right. I mean, it's like my thing is I yeah. usually like fall for someone, whether it's the lead or it's like a contestant. And I was mentioning this earlier to um, Wesley and I just like don't have that. I really like Rachel, but um, I almost feel like she's being like muted in some ways. Like she's just like a really cool girl. And like when the moments when she really shines through with how awesome she is, I'm like, yeah, I love this girl. She's great. But um, I don't know, for some reason, like this, this casting is not, it's not doing it for me. So I think not working for you. Yeah. I don't what know. About the, the hard sell on Dean last oh night. My God. I think they really were uh, going for the bachelor edit there. I would prefer Peter to, as, as than Dean. As oh, yeah, yeah. I just think she's going to pick him because he's so hot. <laughs> he is. He is really hot. He just can't, he just doesn't seem smart enough though. Um, Dean's fine. I don't know. Dean's 25. He's too young to be the bachelor. Uh, ben Higgins was 26. No, he was 27. Come on. Come on. He's no, 20. I think he was 26 when he was on Caitlyn. That's true. That's true. I mean, true. like, close, close. Yeah. That's true. He's so much shorter, though. Come on, Amy. Um, <laughs> I, Dean has seen personal tragedy as a true. youth. He's that's very true. mature himself. The Dean edit was, the, I think Rachel being so positive about him and also really liking how serious he was, like, kind of made me like him more. But I don't know. He's, um, it's not, he's not my guy. He's fine, though. He's okay. I don't know. Um, Amy, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Juliet. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely have to come back. And good luck with your book. Thanks. Bye. Thank you to Wesley. Thank you to Amy. Thank you to you guys for listening. I just wrote about this whole drama uh, today, including the Paradise Scandal and everything going on with Rachel's season on The Ringer. You can check that out, theringer.com. I also tweeted it if you want to go to my Twitter. And I'll be back next week. We got two episodes of The Bachelor next week, so we'll probably post this on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. And a thanks again to Audible and Hotel Tonight.